Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all decisions decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Good evening, everyone. This is Kaz, and I have Elena on the phone, and Marty is having me go solo tonight. She is online, and she does control the mute button if I get out of hand, but she, <laughs> as, as, as um, our wonderful mentor, is wanting some of us to step up and do some of the shows so I'm hoping that I do a really good job. I've been doing this with Marty for over three years, and I am just beyond blessed that I have been able to work with her. And she said it's time. So, oh, my gosh, Marty, I hope I make you proud. So anyway, tonight's guest is Elena. And, Elena, we've been on several times, so I feel so confident that it's you that is going to be on the show with me when I go solo so Elena Aww. is from Ohio. We have, oh my gosh, you guys are just a powerful group out there in Ohio fighting all the corruption, the judicial corruption and the guardianships, and it's just never ending. And I know that we no. were planning tonight's show, and we always do a hog report, and we tag team this hog report. So why don't we start <laughs> off the night with a hog report? We do not think that our hog sound effects are working right now we're having a little bit of technical difficulty and that is a huge bummer and i apologize and i i don't want to make the oink noises myself because i'll be embarrassed so without further ado we're going to do the hog report and the hog report is brought yeah the hog report is brought to us by shenanigans in the montgomery county facebook page in breaking news in Montgomery County, by the way, Dr. Oz, one, they did like a recount or something for the nomination for, I believe, the Senate. And Dr. Oz has narrowly won the recount. And I guess the opponent did like, um, what is it when they like to con- concede? He like conceded to Dr. Oz. So, yeah. Gonna, well, that's, well, gonna that's make fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah. I know there was a lot of advocates out there in Pennsylvania that were going to all the meet and greets with Dr. Oz, just doing an amazing job, just trying to really bring awareness and make this a topic that Dr. Oz could run on. And if Dr. Oz was paying attention, I am guessing that is why this recount was very hotly contested because the evils that be would not want a Dr. Oz to be winning this or Dr. Oz is not going to do anything in that care. It is yet to be seen. But, you know, someone who's not the status quo 
getting in. We can only feel hopeful about that. And he has, he's going to be, with all his television influence, he's going to be one of the senators that everyone's going to know his name. So right there in Montgomery yeah. County, Pennsylvania, he's, going to, he's on the ballot. And I don't even know who's running against him. But you know what? Let's all root for Dr. Oz and get some fresh blood in there and see for if sure. we can clean up that, what, that corrupt county. Just terrible. But anyway, shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page is, has been reporting on the corruption in Montgomery County for many years. And if you haven't already, go like that page. And if you have time, watch some of those videos. There's YouTube videos that are, have been done up complete with court documents, and they are very powerful. So I would suggest, you know, anybody go and watch some of those documents or the um, YouTubes and over there at Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. So without further ado, we're going to oink it up with the <laughs> hog report. And Elena, we're going to talk about the divide and conquer hog because we were oh, talking yeah. about you in Ohio, you all are having to deal with a divide and conquer hog. And yeah. we don't understand why the hogs have to be divide and conquer. What I what they do is they get in there. Everyone thinks they're nice and wonderful and helpful, but what they're doing behind everyone's back is backstabbing and trying to stir up the drama and trying to get people pitted against each other. And when we're dealing with advocates who have loved ones in these abusive guardianships, the emotional roller coaster that everybody is already on to have a divide and conquer hog attacking at them. A, they might not really be able to see what's going on because they're so focused on the other drama that's going on in their life. So they are prime right. targets for a divide and conquer hog. And anyone listening who is going through this process right now, trying to free your loved one out of the, the grasp of these awful guardians and attorneys and judges, you are a you're actually a prime target for a divide and conquer hog and you probably don't even realize it. And, you know, Elena, why don't we just kind of discuss some of the things that you've seen as far as like how they use emails, they'll tag everyone on emails and just pitting everybody against each other. Did you want to, you know, some of the stuff that you, there is a divide and conquer hog out there in Ohio. Yeah. Did you want to give us a little yeah. update on what's and going I, on with that? Yeah, hog? sure. Sure, Thank and I've you. seen it in other states, too, where he calls, oh. he criticizes other victims that are going through PTSD. You know, this person will call them crazy. That's a favorite term. And, and I, I really have an issue with that because everybody in this stressful situation can get a little, you know, emotional or upset or, or you know, riled up about it because they're so passionate, they're so traumatized by it. And that's Absolutely. one of the things that I don't like the most is the crazy calling, you know, um, because yeah. there's no need for it. You know, there's just no need for it. And no. um, I, I see this person do it time and time again where they, they will call people crazy if they don't get along with them. They're very confrontational. You know, um, that's just not the kind of, um, you know, structure and um, – you know, bond we need in this. This is just not helpful. And, um, you know, just 
instead of bringing people together, he keeps everybody, you know, this person will keep everybody, this hog will keep everybody separated and isolated from each other mm-hmm. instead of bringing things together and ideas together. And um, it's just really unfortunate, in my opinion. It's just, you know, and I've seen him, you know, criticize people recently in Ohio for silly, like, little mistakes. And it's just crazy. It's just nonsensical, really. And it just adds drama to a very traumatic system that's just not needed. And to use the word crazy, the hog has definitely chose his words well. Because the reason is, is when when I was going through all this, when this is, you know, my uncle, and oh my gosh, what do I, what do I got on me here? Um, 11 years, 11 years when this all first started. So, you know, I've got a decade mm-hmm. on, on me dealing with and knowing how this all works. To somebody who's not going through this, if I would tell them, yeah, this is happening, the judge, what is the first thing they would think of me is that I am crazy? And I usually will tell people that you either, you know, I'm going to tell you a story and you're going to think I'm either a compulsive liar, I live in some kind of fantasy world, or I'm telling the truth. Basically, people have to judge me and decide when I tell this story of what happened to me and my family, am I crazy? And so the fact that the hog would use that very term crazy to go after advocates that is very well thought out of and very that is very diabolical because people who are going through this already everyone thinks they're crazy anyway the people on the outside looking in that haven't experienced this and think that you know this kind of stuff can't happen in the united states that is the word that they are using to describe them until you can really you know get the documents out and really show somebody like no this is for real that is the word that they use is crazy and so the fact that the hog would call these advocate victims crazy that is that wording was very thought out and it just shows how this, the divide and conquer hog is very diabolical. Yes, yes, and it's really sad. It's really sad because they don't really actually do anything constructive, I don't feel. It's just a lot more, it's a lot more tumultuous and conflicting than helpful. So Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate yeah. that the hogs amongst us, especially, I mean, people's, I mean, this is, this is people's family. This is, this is the only thing that matters to them in the whole world. And once we get started, I mean, we're going to talk about a mother-son relationship. This is all that matters to people. When everything else is stripped away, you get rid of all your money, all your possessions, you know, everything all that's yeah. left that matters to you is your family. And this is just one of the most wicked crimes that can that is being perpetrated on the American people. It's just pure wicked because it's it is it's, pure wicked. It's not just stealing of the estate. That's one thing. My sister and I always said it would have been fine if they wanted to charge them through the nose for all these all these you know, services and everything. But 
if you were taking good care of them and, you know, Harvey, and this, right. is, this is in the court record, so I can, it, you know, Otholes listen in to me and they, sometimes they threaten to tell us to take shows down. and So, so Otholes, I know you're listening. Um, I can back up what I'm about <laughs> to say. It, the the Otholes in the court record said, um, now, Deb, the Wittens are complaining that Harvey never has his eyeglasses hearing aid, or false teeth. But you're concerned with the more important things, aren't you? I have court records to back this up. This is the court-appointed attorney saying this. And they're like, yes, Mm -hmm. we're concerned about the more important things. I want to know what's more important than those basic necessities. So while these, you know, guardians are not taking care of these basic human necessities because they have something more important to do, all we had asked is, you know what, take care of these basic necessities, let him have a quality life, and steal the estate. We don't care. Just take care of him. But they couldn't do it. They had to steal the no. estate and basically, you know, humiliate him and take away his basic needs. And if you don't have teeth to eat, I mean, are you helping people die fast because they can't get nutrition? I'm wondering yes. out loud, you know, just wondering those yes. kind of things. Last night, And those antipsychotics. That they give them. Yeah. That's like oh, an immediate. Yeah. Those black box drugs. Those are immediate best. I mean, that's what happened to my grandma. Yeah. She had a stroke from that, and that's what ultimately took her out. And I, I, just, they shouldn't even be allowed to give those. It's ridiculous. Yeah, Har- it's terrible. Harvey was on five mil- five milligrams, and we, when we had talked to different doctors about it, they said, "No, surely you mean point five milligrams." And I said, "No, no, no, no. I do not mean point five milligrams." That I have. Again, they're all listening. I have 3,000 pages of medical records to back up what I'm saying. It was five milligrams. And one doctor's quote said, that's enough to kill a horse. So I don't know, just wondering out loud, are we killing people in guardianship? I mean, that doctor said that to me. So it just makes me wonder. I last checked, people need to eat food to stay alive, but we don't give them their teeth. I mean, just, I don't know. But you know what? Enough about hogs and otholes. We have a horrific story. And when we were talking yesterday on the phone about this, and the fact that as people listen to this story, this is someone who was basically snatched off the street, kept right. in, like, then the mom couldn't, didn't know where her son was for over four months. This is right. scary. And this, it is, this scary. is very scary, just snatched off the street. So, Elena, without further ado, would you please share the story and fill I, in? I, I, Thank you so much yeah. for being the voice for the mother and the son who are so traumatized they can't even come on the show right now. Right. It is. It's really sad. And the damage it does and the upheaval it causes, uh, you know, we know, but... We won't even go into that. But the the mother didn't even know where he was. There was supposedly an in, an incident at a laundromat that this young man was at. And um, he was, um, I don't know, there's there's really no proof of it. Um, there's no, there's supposed to be video footage, but there is has been none proven or shown. And um, there was apparently something done with the TV cord. I don't know if it was unplugged or cut or what happened, but somebody that, you know, it's actually the person who actually supposedly called the police or was on the police report 
is a man that is unknown who lives in an abandoned house that there's no even the address for him is an abandoned house which is very suspect but anyway um supposedly he called the police and um and this young man was walking out and across the street and the police tased him which is concerning also because this is a young african-american man um he was 23 years old at the time he's 24 now but they they took him right from the police the police took him right to heartland behavioral center which is a very very serious heavy duty um severe mental institution here in ohio that's really bad news it's for very and this this man owned his own business i mean this this man Right, had, right. I mean, you don't just own your own business and be incapacitated. You just don't. Yeah. Right, you just don't. You just don't. You don't go from being having your own home. He owned it free and clear. You know, he had no mortgage payment. We'll just say that. He owned it free yeah. and clear. And um, so it happens, too, that the school that's next to that property wanted that property. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. wondering if there's some kind of implication there Connection. with that connection yeah Yeah, very much very much so so it's very connected it's very suspicious it's very one what's also suspicious is they not only took him right to heartland behavioral center but we looked up the reports for the police and there is no for the police blotter and the time that he was arrested and, and or whatever apprehended by the police and taken to heartland there is nothing about it in the police blotter now if you're dealing with somebody with a mental, supposed mental illness that you're taking to a behavioral center, why would you not put that in the police blotter, right? I mean, that makes no yeah. sense. Why wouldn't you want family to come and find them? So, exactly. Right. And so once the mom found him, it took her four and a half months to find him. She did not know I where he was, imagine. didn't know if he was dead or alive. Can you imagine? No, I can't imagine this poor this this poor mother. I mean, everyone listening, most people listening have children. Can you imagine not knowing where your child is for four and a half months? No, I can't. It's, I mean, I can't. I would go. I would lose my mind. I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, seriously. I mean, yeah. Horrifying. That's a, it's a, it's horrifying, and and that people would treat them treat people like that. And then Heartland Behavioral Center wouldn't let, once she did find him, she, they wouldn't let her talk to him. They wouldn't that, let her talk to him. That's awful. Right, and they wanted to scoop him right in the guardianship. It's um, the help network is the guardian, but the actual guardian person is, well, I don't know. I'm not really happy about it, but they let's just say they have a criminal background and we've researched that and we have proof of that that there's an extensive criminal background this guardian is like i think like 27 years old very young and and they just have no business being a guardian over a 23 year old over anybody least of all a 23 year old young man it seems like guardians always have a criminal background i remember like in montgomery county like it ended up you know making like the Philadelphia Inquirer, there is this guardian that was a felon. How are you, how wow. are we appointing felon? Yeah, and it was all documented, and I think she went to jail. But, I mean, she was basically like the sacrificial lamb that they gave up. Like, oh, here's one bad guardian, but the rest are good because she got busted because of a newspaper article that the 
ridden eagle wrote, but yeah, why are they all felons and they get to be guardians? That should disqualify you. Yeah, I mean, felons aren't allowed to get jobs a lot of places. Why are they allowed to be in charge of another human being's life? And what about criminal background checks and things that you're supposed to have to go through to be a guardian? I mean, it's like the court picks and chooses, and this is just proof that the court just doesn't do its due diligence. They they should not be controlling people's lives like this. It's absolutely ridiculous. Well, I think these corrupt judges, like, actually want a criminal guardian because they need someone to racketeer with to commit these felonies. And, you know, who who better than, you know, a felon who has, you know, no regard for human life, and that's who they choose to be guardians over others, because a law-abiding, decent human wouldn't go along with these kind of things. Can you imagine if someone wanted you to be a guardian in some kind of these networks? There's no way. No I way. would be like, oh, let me isolate them from their family, my first duty. You know, I just can't no, imagine. No, and because I've honestly thought about going to get my guardianship license just to help people that are in stuck situations, but yeah. I, just can't, I just can't get myself to do it because I just don't agree with the system. So I cannot, I, can't, I just can't in good faith participate in something like that um, because yeah. it's just... And the judge- it's, the judge would never appoint someone. Yeah, the judge would never appoint someone like you anyway, because you might not have the kickback plan with them. You know. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't. I actually would care about the person and doing the right thing, and they don't want. Yeah. They don't want any yeah, part of that. They want all the yeah, underhanded shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Disgusting. It's yeah. disgusting, and yeah, it's it's just crazy. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people doing research on these judges and stuff and finding all these properties they own and connections. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's just crazy that there's no way that the judges could possibly have all these properties and own these homes making their salaries that they make. It's just impossible, you know. So that's something that people could look at, too, is, you know, the judges and, and look up on the county records, like, you know, their properties and um, look at their spouse's properties and things like that and how much and how often and when they were paid off and all that. So mm-hmm. that's another good tip. But, yeah, this this poor boy, to go back to him, I mean, this young man, I shouldn't say boy, he's a young man. Um, he is so drugged because I've gone to go see him. Um, I've talked to him several times on the phone, um, you know, and actually he had a court date that I wasn't allowed to go to. I was going to go to it. It was on May 24th but the court wouldn't mm-hmm. let me. Um, and um, the young man, Andrew, actually gave me approval to go and said if I wanted to listen. But I ended up choosing that, too, because I didn't want to go make any waves because I don't want to be, like, flagged as a person who can't go see him. So yeah. because I've been his pretty much his only lifeline outside of this, you know, besides for his mom, you know, I've been his only, like, support. So I don't want to yeah. lose that, you know. But he is so drugged. And another concerning thing is he's getting, you know, injections, medication injections that that he's telling you are court ordered, but there is nothing, there is no court order. If you look at the docket, there is no court order for these medications. So they're not being honest with him. Wow. they're They're making him apply for Social Security benefits, which he refuses. He doesn't want to because he doesn't need to. And 
they're saying if you refuse, we're going to have the we're having the guardian apply for you. Well, yeah, it's just really sad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I I mean, if he can't get out of this, this is the end of his life because they're just going to. I mean, taking all these drugs chemically alters your brain. You can't. Right. It's not sustainable. And especially with him being 23, 24, I mean, his brain is still developing. I mean, and you're injecting him with this stuff, causing possible neurological neurological damage. I mean, it's just really disturbing, really disturbing. And to see him in his state and, like, to know what he looked like before, I mean, it's just, it's just really, it's, you know... It's bad enough when you see it happen to elders, which is usually, which you know are usually the victims. But when you see it exactly. happening to a young man, and you wonder how many people this happens to that are just snatched off the street because they're not there's no record of them anywhere, you know? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And someone's making money, not just to take you know rob his estate. There's got to be money that's good, you know, somehow you know, funds from the government to just start right. snatching and people. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And we actually fund these organizations. The taxpayers actually fund these organizations to do this. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It's just so yeah. troubling. And it's something that it's people it. need to be aware of and look into because there's human trafficking going on everywhere, all over you know, the medics, you know, the industry, the medical industry, mm-hmm. all you know, all kinds of shapes, you know, rehab, everywhere, everywhere. It's all about the money. It's not about the person and the human being anymore. No, it seems like the only way that you can get anyone to even investigate your claim is if you can prove monetary fraud. I mean, if you can prove murder, that's not good enough. But if you can prove monetary fraud, then Mm -hmm. they'll be like, whoa, we must investigate. I mean, it's just, yeah. And it has to be really extreme. You're starting to hear, I don't know, I'm starting to hear about more attorneys and different um, people that I'm starting to see um, links to news stories on Facebook and things of different attorneys that are actually getting prosecuted. But they're unfortunately few and far between. I mean, you know, it is just really sad. It's really sad. It has to be glaringly obvious and, you know, no, uh, I don't know. But it's just really discouraging. And just to see this young man breaks my heart, and it's just a, such a troubling story that I just felt like it needed to be shared because people just don't realize what's happening. And so now, how long has he been in guardianship? It will be a year in August. I believe it was, I'm trying to remember the date. It was either August 21st or the 24th he was taken. And wow. his mom actually didn't find out where he was until Christmas Day. She found out Christmas Day where he was. So she went all the way from August to Christmas not knowing where her son was. What was I she mean, doing? I mean, I can't, like, was she, like, calling the police and reporting the missing person? Like, what was she doing to find him? I, I you know, I, that's a good question. I think she was calling hospitals. She was looking all over. I think she did call the police, and the police didn't give her any information. And, you know, and I know once she did talk to the police, she asked them for the reports and the video footage, and they've not been able to supply that for her. So basically, a law-abiding citizen who owned their own property and had their own business 
is just snatched and thrown in a facility and drugged and given right. a guardian. Right. And I right. see yeah. and, and the parents have, I, I mean, that's, that's terrifying. So basically anyone on the street, you can just be snatched. Yeah. And it's, it's terrifying. Up, yeah. And what's sad too causes their brainwashing him. They're telling him the property needs to be, um, it's an, he keeps on telling me it's an ill repair and they're talking about um, demolishing it, um, you know, knocking it down. And I'm like, and I've seen pictures of the inside of the property. It is not, it's a really, it's actually a really nice house in that area. It looks better than a lot of the other houses in that area. And it's mm-hmm. well-maintained. It's clean. Um, it is not an ill repair. There's nothing structurally, you know, yeah. wrong with the property. Yeah. And so I don't, they're feeding him. Yeah. Right. And he's so drugged that he's just complying, like just believing, you know, believing what they're telling yeah. him. Like he's like, I'm stuck. There's nothing you can do to help me. I'm stuck. You, there's nothing you can do. It's the court has control. The property's in ill repair. I can't go back. I'm stuck. And that just breaks my heart. Absolutely. And I mean, no, no American dream, no hope for a future. He's just stuck there. And they're about to take everything that he worked for. Right. You know, he's, how, a, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah. He plays, how, like, I think five different string instruments. I know he plays, I think, the viola, the violin, the guitar. Um, I'm not sure what else all he plays, but he those I know he plays for sure. But I know he plays several instruments. And, you know, he's yeah. just a good, peaceful guy. I mean, he even treats me with respect, and he talks to me on the phone. He calls me Miss Elena. <laughs> he's like, hi, Miss Elena. <laughs> I mean, he's oh so goodness. sweet and kind and nice. And you could just tell there's not a mean bone in his body. And for this to be happening to him, I mean, I'm just getting the chills. It makes me want to cry because it's just so sad, you know. It's just so sad. And how is his mom holding up? I bet she's just a wreck. She is a wreck. She's a wreck. And, you know, actually I'm worried about her because I haven't heard from her. So I'm really worried about her. You know, I am. I, You know, and the amount of stress that this takes on a person is really, yeah. to go back to that, too, it's, it's surreal. I mean, it is really surreal, the amount of stress. And for it to be your own child and to be so powerless. And I know she's yeah. tried to file motions herself and try to, you know, and, and, and Andrew, this young man, has written a letter to the court himself saying, I don't need a guardian. I don't want a guardian. It's on the docket. I think I shared it with you, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, I mean, the mom saying it, the, the, the young man is saying it. It's like, what is going on? Like, what? I mean, you really have no voice, and people just don't realize that. You're just discounted totally, you know, and it's just so yeah. sad. It's so scary. Now, can it you say what, what county in Ohio is this happening in? Yeah, it, it's Mahoning County in Ohio. He's in the Youngstown area. And actually, he's in a less, he's in a less restricted unit now. He, well, it's a, it's a men's group mental health home. And, you know, I'm able to go see him. And I've gone to see him once. It's kind of far for me, but I still will go make the trip. But I um, actually found out today that he can leave, so I can go take him to lunch or, you know, take him out for a little while, Ooh, which wow. I plan to do because, yeah, that's really a blessing that he's able to do that. But, um, 
you know, he wasn't. He was in Heartland. Uh, Heartland was what would be like a nightmare where they really probably destroyed his spirit. He was there. I, be, I think he's only been at this other place, this group home, for a few months. So he's been at was at Heartland for like six or seven months, I believe. Um, so, I mean, he was there for quite a while. And, you know, getting drugs, he started getting the injections, the medications or injections there. He's on several medications. I know he also, they also have him taking pills. And he says, I don't agree to this, but it's court ordered. But if you look at the docket, it's not court ordered. <laughs> yeah, that's, it's, that's sure. just scary. Like you're just basically being forced to do everything. I'm sure he's got all his vaccines too. You know, just, you have no choice. Let's, you know, let's load you up. Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, you really have no choice. Like, somebody else yeah. has total control over you when you're in guardianship. I don't know if people realize that, but that, that means you have no yeah. rights. So yeah. he has no rights to say he doesn't want to file Social Security. He has no rights to say he doesn't want these medications. Not only that, but they're lying to him and telling him they're court-ordered, and they are not. So, I mean... I just don't know. I mean, this is just like a a travesty as far as I'm concerned, because like I said, I've gone and spoken to him. I've had several conversations with him. He's nice, easygoing. He reads um, the King James version of the Bible. He's very religious. Um, And, you know, for him to be like broken down so bad and like losing faith, and I keep on trying to tell him to keep the faith, keep the faith, and keep, you know, to focus on God and but, you know, it's just, it's really hard. It's really hard because he's been, you know, in this for so long, and these medications totally wipe you out. I mean, that that's how they're able to do this. Because he's, you know, obviously, he's a brilliant guy, but he's just yeah. so medicated. You know, he's just so medicated. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's really heartbreaking. And you know, all of us in Ohio and other people are trying to do everything we can to get resources and people involved, but it's, you know, it's hard. It's it's just really hard. And we as a society lose out by not having someone that talented and gifted amongst us, like sharing his musical talents and, you know, just being this, sure. you know, great business owner and, you know, hiring, you know, probably offering jobs for others. Like we, so we as a society lose out when you take people who are capable of being productive citizens and you just lock them up and put them in guardianship. This is, right, and medicate them. Lock them up and medicate them and they're just basically like a, a walking robot. They, you know, they, I mean, he has some of his personality in him, but I mean, it's, you could tell it's very hollowed out. I mean, these medications just do that to you. And I I just want people to understand that. Like, and there's a difference between getting medicated and being over-medicated. Yeah. You know, and this is definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's connections with doctors and guardians. I mean, we are really in a dangerous situation in this country. And they're taking people's rights more and more. And, you know, we really need to wake up and realize because it's really scary. Yeah. It's really, really scary. Yeah, and no, there's not one politician that even talks about this issue. Not one. No. They, no, because... Every, Republican or Democrat, they don't even bring it up. And what gets me no. is Florida, 
is such a terrible state, and everyone thinks that governor is going to be the next president. And I'm like, oh, wow, let's do what he did for Florida to the whole country. You know, that's what oh, Yeah, that's been a nightmare. And I'm like, oh, my God. It, yeah, and no no politician talks about it, no. And the sheeple just keep marching on, thinking it won't happen to them. And it's just, it's, oh, my goodness. It's mind-blowing well, it's because under wraps. Oh, yeah. And and it's like, um, you know, it just sounds like a conspiracy theory. It makes you wonder it's what hard. other, con- quote, conspiracy theories are actually <laughs> realities, but we're right, going exactly. to call them this thing so that we can't, we don't alarm sheeple, you know? Right, uh, right, right. And it's a good way to discredit people. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. No, yeah. I know I've, you know, I've talked to a lot of people about this and there's some very th- things that I've become more and more enlightened on even as I've been in this process and getting to know other people and getting to know things that happen in the government. And it's, it's really scary. It's really scary. Yeah. It's, it's actually terrifying. <laughs> and um, yeah, I just wonder when, when we're going to wake up know. and realize everybody, I mean, I not us, but. Uh, yeah, and it's on a global scale. Like, I've already gotten, um, you know, a message from Chris out of Australia, and she posted that this is, you know, they that once you turn 18, they're nabbing them off the street in Australia. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What are they doing with them in Australia? Are they, like, locking them up in mental institutions, or I, is it, like, human trafficking, like, it sex sounds trafficking? Like a, or? Guardian, basically what what you're talking about, and I I think that Australia is a little ahead of the game in the abuses because it's so blatant. And so, if this is what's going on in Australia, you know, the minute someone's turning 18, they're just nabbing them off the street. Where, you know, it used to be just the elderly and the disabled that they were going after, and so the fact that they're starting to go after, you know, like young adults. It's, you know, they're right. upping their game. They're, you know, well, we keep, like, we're getting away with this, so let's up their game and let's go after another targeted group. And I'm sure there's a playbook sure. somewhere. They seem to have, oh, you know, a big is. business. There is. Yeah, they write a whole business plan. How we can, you know, make more money. How we can do this. How we can, you Build know. Build a state. Yeah, it's, a, it's legalized sex and nobody does anything. And I think a lot of people don't believe, realize that the police don't do anything either because, like, when I went through my situation, I would have never imagined, and they won't do anything. They call it civil. So, you know, I mean, it's just. Mm-hmm. They they say, oh, that's just, a court matter, you know, because the police yeah. can't do anything. They're like, oh, that's a court matter. It's, right. it's, you know. And I'm sure that some of these police officers see right through it and see this disgusting you know, behavior, and they can't, their hands are tied. It's how, I mean, the lawyers have basically lobbied for the laws, how they would want it to protect their their racket and what, and their livelihood of what they're doing. And it's basically their predators and preying on other humans and human trafficking, you right. know. And, and for another show, you get into, you know, the betrayed by hospice and the selling of the organs. And, I mean, that's all it seems to be all wrapped up together it's very right. sinister very sinister it is very sinister 
and the the sad thing too is it destroys people and then also another thing another tactic that's used to go back to the crazy thing that we're talking about in the beginning is they they even make you feel crazy they're like oh well your family's dysfunctional or this or that but Mm -hmm. every family has got dysfunction it's just an excuse and you know they make you feel like you're an isolated incident so the people that are really strong and coming forward right. and, and, and speaking out against this are, are, you know, powerful, but I think it deters a lot of people because people are embarrassed. They like try to embarrass and shame you too. And, you know, yeah, you know, that, that's what they do. Yeah. They threaten you with libel lawsuits. They threaten you with, um, you know, you know, all sorts of stuff. And I believe we did a show. I'm thinking if you and Angela were on, do you remember we were talking about, there was a there seemed to be a handful of people that were going to have to go to court. It was like on a December 12th and they were all going to have hearings about being thrown in jail for contempt of court. There was a handful of those. Do you remember that one? And Marty and I were huh. like, why why is it that date right at the end of the month like a quota? They had to have so many people that they threw in jail for a quota. Wow. And, and there was and it was in several different states and these examples were i mean you know and some were thrown in jail so wow. yeah they don't mess they don't mess around there it's this is i mean these probate courts and these orphan courts it's an absolute absolute joke they, they oh, it basically is. they're dic- it's a dictatorship they do whatever they want and the law means nothing i'm Right, you know, and then they I actually, get, yeah, go ahead. No, they actually victimize the victim even further because with Andrew, yeah. I called, I know another woman, Kathy, um, in Ohio called the court, and I, I'm not sure maybe Andrew's mother called the court, but Andrew told me after his hearing that they put him in an isolation area because they said they claimed to him that people were calling and harassing the court. Really? So they put they yeah. pen, penalized him and put him in an isolation area. That's, yeah, Can you believe that? It's so messed up. Oh, my gosh. So what, and, and I what can tell is, you I didn't threaten the court when I called. I mean, I got a little no. firm with them and said, why is it closed? Why is it private? You know, I, I asked questions. I was firm, but I wasn't mm-hmm. definitely not harassing. I talked to them once. You know, not definitely I wouldn't call my call harassing. And I know Kathy wouldn't harass. So we're just no. asking for answers. So I guess asking asking questions is now harassment and illegal and not allowed or, you know, warrant for penalization or something. Well, you're not acting you're not acting sheeple enough. You just must, you know, you must toe the line and do as they say. They don't like people like you and I and Marty that are going to expose things, ask questions. I mean, I'm very, mm-hmm. very untrusting of so many people and so many situations. I'm, I would right. say if I hadn't gone through this and seen, you know, this happen to in my family, I would probably be some kind of sheeple wandering around lost like the rest mm-hmm. of them, like the rest of society yeah, yeah. has to be. So I guess you have to, have to go yeah. through it. You almost have to go through it to even believe it because you wouldn't even believe this happens in the United States. Exactly. (laughs) And there's And the media won't really cover it. And, you know, it's all, it's all like kept under wraps and it's really sad. It's really, really sad. It is. 
it, yeah, they have, and there's even more victims out there that aren't speaking out. So the people that are speaking out, I, I, it would be interesting to know what percentage of what what percentage are we in? I bet it's not even fifty percent. I bet you there are so many people who are so terrified to speak out that the threats and everything that have been leveled at them, it worked, and they're right. quiet. And they're so discouraged. And we don't even know their story. We don't know, you know. Right. And you're absolutely right, Paz. And we can't, we you know, we can't blame them. We can't be angry. I mean, everyone's on their own journey, and everyone's wired differently. But you know, those I found that a lot of us who really speak up are we all see like we all like feel really close to each other, have like this bond, and it's just like, oh heck, no, this isn't going to be happening. But you know, the government, they don't like people like us. They, no, they don't. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's scary. Like, what's in store for us someday? You know, right. and that's as, what everybody needs to realize because it's happening at a rapid rate. Like, I try to give people uh-huh. figures to help them understand. Like, in the 80s, there was about 300,000 people in guardianship nationwide, which is a, probably a fair number of people that need help or need somebody to step in that don't have family or whatever. So now it's like about one one and a half million that we know of nationwide. So that that should speak to you. And then also in the 90s that the judges, I think it was in the 90s that the judges got this immunity and, you know, they're not allowed to sue them anymore. So there is no oversight of the judges. There is no oversight. It's all about money. It's all about profit. And they're just taking yeah. more and more people. And that's a huge increase, 300,000 to one and a half million. I mean, oh, that's absolutely. just... That's just and staggering. I that, and I bet you that one and a half million is is not even the real number. I bet you it's more. And yeah, the immunity, yeah. the immunity, like basically, there's nothing that's going to even hold you accountable to do the right thing. And when you control and you get to make the decision, there's not even a jury for this kind of stuff. The judge is just the one that says, you know, yep. They're incapacitated, throw them away, lock the key, isolate them, here's their guardian, take all their money, we got to pay for all this. I mean, there's not even a jury of your peers, this one person who's immune and who basically has a license to do whatever they please as the dictator that they have become, they just, they just do it. There's no checks and balances, they just do it because they can. Yeah, and I talk to so many different, you know, there's always a new victim. Every week there's another new victim. And they just think, well, they can't, they can't, I've never done anything wrong. I have a perfect record. And it's like, it doesn't matter. They will make up lies about you and they don't have to show evidence of it because they said it. And they always call these attorneys and guardians. Friends of the court. Have you ever noticed that? Oh, they're friends with the court. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, like it's some great thing. If I ever, like, was going to do some business with some lawyer and that was on their website, friend of the court, I would run as fast as I could. And that is posing <laughs> for I'm part of the little mafia that they're running. You know, oh, their yeah. little. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. I think it's well connected through the American Guardianship Association. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure, yeah. for sure. And they back it up yeah. and they make excuses and they're like, oh, well, we can never get rid of it because it's necessary. Yeah. Well, you know, I could tell you for darn sure it's not necessary to the capacity that it is. I mean, it is ridiculous. No. 
And I mean... No. You know, and we don't focus that much on Child Protective Services, but I bet you that there is a whole group of advocates out there that are going to oh, have the same, the same horror stories that that we talk about of, you know, the guardianships with, you know, the elderly and the disabled because it's, from what I've heard, they did Child Protective Services first, saw how profitable it was, and then, you know, went mm-hmm. after the elderly. And, I mean, can you imagine being, a, like, a new mom and having them take your child? Oh, my gosh. We no, had a, it's we terrible. Had a, We've had a few guests that are on, and um, one is uh, Kara Witowski. She's been on twice, and her little her little guy was murdered in his guardianship, and he was two, mm-hmm. I believe. And I've oh watched my it gosh. Today. Yeah, they they she's been on twice, and um, she's she's an amazing amazing young lady. She's you know really got a really shouting out loud justice it's justice for james but it's just harrowing and the next day after the show i i always am just thinking about her and and how tragic her story is and what happened to her son i mean he he's dead and yeah, yeah there's there's got to be so many horrific stories out there oh, with yeah. child experiences you know, that yeah. we haven't even begun to scratch the surface. Right. And there's not really fair advocates. There's like magistrates and, um, you know, people, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the name of them, but they're, they're like intermediaries, but they're not really doing a fair thing. And, you know, I've noticed from talking to people about that, that a lot of the parents, even the abusive, abusive parents who, um, have the most money will win. It's all about money. They'll get custody yeah. of the child, even if there's proven abuse. Um, you know, and I've seen it, ha- you know, I've seen that happen too a lot. And so, yeah. you know, if I know of anybody, I try to offer help, even though I'm not super versed in the, in the family court as much as the guardianship, but, you know, I'll try to help as much as I can because I don't want that to happen to anybody. It's not right. Right. It's it makes not me think right. of Elaine Mickman from Montgomery County. She's been on I've numerous times. I've lost track. She's usually always my fill-in when I can't do a show. Marty just absolutely loves her. But she's written a book. I'm going off the top of my head. I believe it's called Divorced from the... And hers, you know, they're guardianizing the, the woman because the man, you know, has more money and they are just, you know, going after these women. And there's a few women that I have heard of this that I've talked to in Montgomery County that happens. So yeah, they do go after in divorces and they guardianize people. I mean, it's, it's guardianship is used as a weapon right now is not being used for what it was it's intended. intended to be. It's a weapon. Right. Yeah. And probate court is like, you know, it's supposed to handle dead people. It's not supposed to have control over people that are alive. You know, it's yeah. just too much. It's there's too much, too many loose ends, and too many ways to yeah. fabricate stories and fabricate the situation and the money involved. I mean, it's it's a done deal. It's just a done deal. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty much a sentence. It's a, it's just it's horrifying, really. Yeah, yep. It's it's absolutely been weaponized. When I sat in court, 
And I'm sure we have some court records to back up what I'm about to say for the atolls that are sitting there listening. So Harvey was in, in a homosexual relationship with Bob, and my my son was there during the um, during this hearing, and he was over 18. But I was scolded by Judge Ott that I allowed my son to be influenced by that relationship. Uh, why, well, is, why, is, why is that coming up, in, and what does that have to do? I mean, right there, I would have to feel he weaponized that guardianship against Harvey because he didn't approve of the lifestyle that he was living. But that's right. not what a judge Which, that's not what guardianship is about and that a judge should make those sorts of decisions on who's gonna be guardianized based on who he deems worthy to function in society. But yeah, I felt right. I, I felt wow, if my child had been younger, I felt very threatened by that comment. That he, and then he said, I should never have been a guardian of anyone, basically saying I should never have been a mother. That was said to me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty bold. Yep. And, and, you know, there's no recourse yep. for that. That's pretty much slandering you as a mom, and there's no recourse yeah. for that. Because you're teaching him to be a caring, compassionate human being who treats mm-hmm. people with dignity and respect regardless of their beliefs. I mean, yeah. as far as I'm concerned, you should get an award for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, serious. I won a Golden Hammer Award once from, oh, <laughs> there, it, it, yeah, it was a, um, oh, Wanda, 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 oh, it, I haven't talked to her in a few years. Her name's Wanda, and she had a little, like a little Facebook Live kind of thing going on there in that Montgomery County area. And I won a Golden Hammer Award for some, some advocacy stuff that I did, and and that was so I have won an award. It was and it was a picture of a golden hammer on Facebook, and I was tagged on it. So that was the award. So I have won an award, a golden hammer. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, it's, fantastic. Yeah, it's fun. It will show, you know those Facebook memories. It'll show up in my Facebook memory, and I'll be like. Oh, I remember when I won that award. That was fun. So I'll have to share that memory so I could see it because that's awesome. Whenever it comes next up, time, next time it comes up, I'll share it for everybody, and we can all be excited. Michael. It. Yeah, yeah, we will celebrate. There's a lot it. of yeah. people that deserve awards out there that are doing stuff and doing work that you know that you're not getting paid for. We're fighting the corruption. You know, and we're not getting paid for it, you know. And um, no. a lot of people that I yeah. talk to are like, oh, you don't do that for a living? Because I'm so passionate about it. I'm like, no, it's all volunteer. That's not my job, <laughs> you know. I mean, any, and, um, anyone doing it as a living and making money sounds like they could be more on the glory hog path, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, Marty right. and I, yeah, I mean, none of us on this show right now are getting paid. There's no commercials. No. Marty Marty chooses to not have commercials because she doesn't want them to influence what they would have to say, or what she would have to say, um, you know, or to censor her censor her in any way. So yeah, none of us none of us are getting paid. And since Marty's uh, not on right now, if anyone would like to donate to the show, go to the website. There is a little PayPal link. 
because these shows actually cost money. And I know some, I know that, you know, shenanigans and whistleblowers that there are, there are some sponsors, but I do know that it's just, I wish people knew how hard Marty works. This is so much work. And Marty's been doing this for the last 14 years. So if anyone is feeling like they want to help out and just, you know, help, help make things a little bit easier. And if you're really appreciating everything that Marty does, because Marty never says this, but since I'm, let's see if she doesn't mute me. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell everybody, there is a little PayPal link. And if you go to the, um, the TS radio link that it's that main, the main page. I think if you follow the promo, it will take you and there's a little PayPal link and you can donate through PayPal. And I believe once you click it, if you don't have PayPal, you can actually donate through a credit card and it would be much appreciated because no one here is getting paid and, and running these shows, there is a cost to it. And sometimes mm-hmm. that's that's absorbed by Marty, and so we would really appreciate if anyone would want to help out. Yeah. That would be so yeah. So amazing. And you know, Marty is true blue, and she really fights this, and she really fights the yeah. tough battles. She is yeah. like a leader and very knowledgeable and brilliant, and she's got that memory, that photographic memory. She knows. Oh. And she's a force. She's a force. Marty's a force. Oh my for gosh! Sure. You know what amazes me about Marty? Like we could have, we could like be talking, and some topic we would like like mention some topic, and all of a sudden Marty's like she's like a Google. All of a sudden she's like, <laughs> oh, and she knows everything about this off topic that we hadn't prepared for, and she can just elaborate on it. And uh, that, yeah. Oh yeah, that's just she's amazing. amazing. She's so wise, and she's just she's just so wonderful. And you know, those are the positive things for those of us who are listening to the show right now, and you are fighting this fight. There are there are some positive things, and it's all the friends that I've made. Like you know, you Elena. You know, we were talking on the phone early. Was that today or yesterday? We were talking on the phone, and yeah, I think it was today. And we were talking on the phone, and Marty and I we talk a couple times a week or I'm texting her and it's not even guardianship stuff. Like I send her pictures of my wedding cake or whatever. It's personal, it's yeah. personal relationships. Um, Austin Gibson out of Montgomery County, one of my dearest friends, just absolutely adore her and we would have never met. Of course, everyone at NASCA, Elaine Renor, you know, Marsha mm-hmm. Southwick, Captain Falk, all these wonderful people that I have met through NASCA. I can't even imagine life without some of these friends. And another oh, friend yeah. that is super special, and let's put out our thoughts and prayers. Her name is Debbie True, and she's having some some health issues, and she is probably listening right now, and I just want her to know how much of a blessing she is to everyone here. She'll be Aww. listening to the show, and you know, because we can get still get texts and messages, and she'll send me like a little tidbit of something, and just you know, she makes me look good. She'll send me, hey, cause what about you know, don't forget about this or that, and then you know, nobody knows that I'm getting secret help from other people, and so I well, just it really takes appreciate a village. Her. It takes it takes it everybody. Does. Yeah, it does, and you know, I've met some of the most beautiful people, you, cause Marty, 
Angela, who's been on with me before. She's one of my best friends now. I can't even imagine life without her. But it's a bond that you you just, you know, formulate with people because it's something that only you can understand the pain of what you went through. You know, only if you've gone through it, it's really, you know, really a profound bond. It really is a bond. And I've yeah. had a lot of beautiful friends. There's a lot of beautiful people in Ohio that have beautiful hearts that are working tirelessly, not just, you know, you know, there's a few of us that are working. Um, and, you know, there's, you know, there's people with beautiful hearts out there that I've met and, um, you know, a lot of friends I've made and a lot of beautiful relationships that have come out of it. I guess that is the silver lining in it. But, um, yeah. you know, if we can accomplish getting rid of this <laughs> or, you know, getting the system down that would be beautiful (laughs) it would be so beautiful and you know not to keep ripping on the hog all the time but that is the one thing that the hog does not like the hog does not like that beautiful relationships are being formed and because the hog report was the divide and conquer hog well let's recap that again the divide and conquer hog does not want all these beautiful relationships to bring up in the midst of all this turmoil and war. And no, because so he wants to be the glory, the glorious yeah. one. He wants the statue built of him. <laughs> a yeah. hog statue. <laughs> yeah, hog. I wonder, oh my gosh, I'm going to Google hog statue. I bet you somewhere in the world there's a hog statue. <laughs> oh my gosh, Marty and I were talking about making um like little glory hog t shirts and selling them. Wouldn't that be cute? Oh yeah, that would be a good fundraiser idea. I thought about doing that, yeah. like making shirts and like selling them if we could do that like for a fundraiser. That would be awesome. Yeah. And what like what would we what would the glory hog t shirts say? Like what would be the the saying that we should have on it? I just think it would be such an amazing t-shirt and then we could all wear it to the whistleblower summit wear a little you know anti-glory hog yeah maybe like maybe like taking down the hog statue (laughs) down with the hog (laughs) down with the hog that's funny oh that's a funny funny visual and there'll be a pile of mud (laughs) that the hog can go like the hog statue can like get thrown down in the mud in the mud yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yes yeah marty and i wrote um wrote a child's book a little hog a little hoglet child's book and marty's going to illustrate oh. it and, and oh, we're going to awesome. be i want to see yep <laughs> marty is a really amazing artist people don't know that about marty and so she's going to illustrate Mhm. So we have a cute little we have a cute little children's book that's been written about hogs, little the little hog, and the little hog wanted to be in the parade and just everything. It was just a really fun, really a fun little child's book, and Marty's gonna illustrate it, and then we will be like world famous authors because we awesome. wrote this book. Yeah, I love that's, it. That's the long-term goal, you know, our little, our little hog books. Aww. Yeah. I know we've talked but about making a little, a little hog Facebook, like a little hog Facebook page or, you know, there's all kinds Aww. of fun things we can do, you know, but it's, 
it's a lot because everyone who is an advocate, they everyone has their own life that they're working on. Like they have kids in school or they're taking care of, you know, other family members and they have and a job. Kids and kids. Yeah. yeah and they're jobs. trying to so like this is, yeah. yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And it is a lot. And if you had I wish I had more time. It drives me crazy because I don't have enough time in the day sometimes, you know, to do everything I want to do. And, um, you know, there's so much more I would love to be able to do, you know, but, you know, you have kids, you know, and, you know, life and the fam, you know, and, um, and work and everything. And you want to try to live in the moment too and make the best of every moment and, and then do this work too. So it's, it's, you know, it's really a balance. It's yeah, really a lot. I mean, and, I mean, and just think, Marty's been doing this for 14 years. And we all, you, me, Marty, you know, so many people who are listening right now, you'll have a victim call you, and they, they're going through it. It just started. They're like, oh, my gosh, I found someone who understands me. And they will, you know, take up. And, and and not I'm not complaining about it because I you know I don't have to answer my phone if I don't want to, but they right. they take up your time telling your story. And the other thing is, is that you get so emotionally involved that it can like yeah. you know take some of that positive energy that you're trying to store up, and you hear these stories and you the anger and you relive you know what and you it's just you get so angry because you just keep watching the guardians win. They're just winning at everything they do. And, yeah, the guardians, you know, courts, it, it, yeah. It steals, yeah, it it steals your joy a little bit. And, and not that I'm complaining about that because we, to be there for other people, but we take on a lot of emotional baggage when we, yeah. when we keep listening to the stories and we keep trying to help people like, you know, you don't have to go visit Andrew. I'm sure that, as much as as wonderful he is and as much as you love him, it's so heartbreaking for you. You almost, I could tell from your voice, you almost started crying when you were telling the story. Like yeah, the, emotion, really hard. The, the emotional toll that that we take when we care about others and we listen to their stories and we think about what we can do to help. But we choose to do that. But I always am, like, sometimes I have to, you know, set it aside and then other times, you know, I pick it up. And maybe anyone who's listening who is in the midst of all this, you need to find something. I think we had Valerie, Valerie Joy was on about six weeks ago, and we talked about caring for the caregiver, that you do need to set all this aside sometimes and just take care of you and just try and energize yourself. Because if you just allow this, the rain cloud to just hang over you all the time, it's, yes. it's not it's not healthy it's no, not, it's not healthy, healthy and it's destructive it can be destructive so yeah. that's why sometimes i dive in hard and i do stuff and then sometimes i have to well you know life comes up too and then sometimes i have to pull back i'm like oh my gosh because yeah. you have to know your, you have to know your limits too because if you're a caring and compassionate person and empathetic it really which you know yeah. i think all of us are you know um it's it's just it can be brutal. It can be brutal, but it's it's worth it to help another human being. But it's so sad at the same time, you know. Yeah, it's just really. It, yeah, it's 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 our one thing that we just we want to abolish it. It's it's just 
I feel one of the most wicked crimes. I I mean, Andrew to be taken away from his family like this and his poor mother. I don't I don't know how how do you get more wicked than this? You know, and and there's yeah. there's no recourse. Like you, he should just be able to sign himself out and leave, but he can't. No, that's what he's stuck. like he. We're supposed to be a free country and have freedoms. He doesn't have any freedoms. No, 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 not nowhere near what he should be having. Nowhere near. I mean, he's in a less restrictive facility now, but he still has to be back by a certain time. And he's got to attend these certain group meetings and things during the day. And he, it's mandatory, you know, it's, so it's, it's kind of, and it was kind of like almost like a medical kidnap. Like, there's no video. Yeah. There's no what. What was the reasoning why this homeowner who owned his own business was just basically? And you said like the police came and tased him and took him. Like, what? Yeah. That. And if it was that bad that they had to tase him, why wasn't there? Why wasn't it in the police ladder? Why wasn't it? There's so many red flags in this case. There's so many. Absolutely. Now, moving forward, do they have a plan? Are, is there court hearings going on, or what? where are they in the process? Right now, it's still, like, on pause and limbo. I talked to Andrew, and he's like, there's nothing going on. They're still deciding what they're doing. But I think there's going to be stalls with letters and things we've written into the court and things. Um, you know, we're kind of tag-teaming it, so I can't take all the credit because there's a lot of people in Ohio doing work on this and research you know, Ali Carino, Kathy Bossy, Stacey Marks have all been fantastic. And, um, you know, they're, they're writing into the courts. They're doing research. They're finding the police blotters. They're finding, we're finding all this proof and we're writing the court. So right now it's on hold. And I have a feeling they were probably going to try to demolish the property or get that done in the court hearing on May 24th. But they're kind of um, like in limbo and deciding because they know people are watching. So that's the beauty of it. I think that they um, they do get nervous. I have heard, like, for example, I've heard some holes that will step down and, you know, when when they know that they've come on this show or they know several of the people, you know, we all know each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they, if they catch wind, like, that they've connected, like, especially they've, you know, connected with, I don't know, what would we call ourselves, the group? You know, connected with the group or they, they, do, they do step down. And so for that reason and the fact that I've seen some of them step down, they can't be as safe as they think they are or that we think they are. And you mm-hmm. know what? I'm going to tell another story of hope because we have to have stories of hope. So actually, I haven't even told Marty this. Marty's listening, though. We might have found the good guardian. And it's um, it, the good guardian story. Like, I've been working with somebody, and the good guardian is going to come out of Milwaukee County in near Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And when the story is finally done, this, um, this person has agreed to come on the show. And we're just waiting to see that, like, the backstab doesn't happen at the last minute, you know, because we're always leery. Mm-hmm. But we actually might have, in 14 years, we might have the Good Guardian story. So stay tuned. We're going to see. Well, there is, another, 
actually, there is another thing I want to point out about a good guardian. It's Stacey Marks of Plan. She does this and tries to help people be as independent as possible. That's her whole organization. She is in Ohio, and she's amazing. Um, And she's actually got a doctor, so she's got some, um, you know, backing. But she's a good person. She's helped other people in Ohio get out of corrupt guardianships. There's a young man by the name of Matthew Schott that she's helped. Yeah, she's a good guardian. She is a good guardian, and she's a good one to go in and testify and look at court records. She is amazing. She's fantastic. I want to give her kudos, too, because I know we say there's no good guardians, but she she is a good guardian, but she's more for the um, mentally handicapped. She doesn't do this with the elderly. You know, she she does. Mm-hmm. She's a good. She's a good person. She's a good egg. Wow. Well, you know, to give more hope, I'm going to tell this story. So earlier this week, one of my former employees. You know, I used to own the bakery, but I closed the bakery. COVID finally did did us in. Whatever. Aww. Um, I'm, but I'm happy. I'm baking at um, someplace else. And I get to bake whatever I want, and I'm still doing all my accounts that I had. So I'm very happy, and it it all worked out. But anyway, uh, so one of my former employees who was just amazing, and I I miss working with her, she had me write a letter of recommendation for a scholarship through – have you ever heard of these Rotary Clubs? I guess they're all over this country. Okay, so so she – so anyway – she, I wrote the letter probably back in January. I closed the bakery in March, so I haven't seen her since March. And a couple of weeks ago, she texted me and told me she got the scholarship. Now, if anyone's from Wisconsin, there's the Frouchy family. She won the, the John H. Frouchy Memorial Scholarship. Frouchy, the Frouchy family has been so generous in Wisconsin. Like, there's a whole, like, overture center. They're really into, like, the arts and music and stuff, and they just donate it. They have, like, I think they're probably billionaires, and they just have all this money, and they just donate all kinds of stuff into the community. So there was this memorial scholarship, and she got, she won it. So she asked if I would have I'm going to try not, but I'm going to give you guys some encouragement. So I was invited as her guest to watch her win, to go up and um, win the scholarship. I'm going to try not to cry. And there was about 15, and there was 15 other kids, or there was 15 total kids that were winning these scholarships that all these, you know, people had donated to the Rotary Club. And it was, um, it was all, it had to be, they all went to, uh, public high school. So these were all kids coming out of public high school. And there were many kids that were going into law school and they were, when they were getting up and they were winning the scholarship. So they do political science first, they do four year, and then you go on to law school. And they all were, you know, many of them were of the minority community and they're like, you know what, we're going to go to law, we're going to, you know, have have justice in this country we're going to have and you know how encouraging that is to think that so encouraging not saying i'm going to go to law school because i'm going to make a lot of money you know and i'm going to drive a fancy car and i'm going to have a big house that was not what any of them said they were going to go to law school because they feel that our country is falling apart and they want to come be like the social justice warrior so there is hope. The hope might not happen 
this year. But these kids that are coming up, I think there's hope. I think, I think. Oh, yes. I think these kids now are going to be the ones to change everything. Yeah. I mean, they they basically were robbed, like their whole education robbed through this, like the lockdowns and I mean, the suicides that have been happening in, in the, the schools because of the lockdowns. I mean, these kids, these young kids experienced all this and they have a worldview that those of us who are older, we, like, we can't even fathom, can't even fathom the worldview that these kids have and what they've gone through by being in these lockdown COVID things. But I can tell you, I've worked in the restaurant industry for over 40 years and I had my high, I've always worked with high school kids and the conversations that were happening in the workplace were so severe and such serious topics. It, it it was very it was very concerning to me to hear what these the top, I mean the suicides and and what should I do my friend is suicidal like how do I have that conversation I'm just in a restaurant and this these were the conversations so these kids have been through a lot and the, there was a lot of these kids that are going to law school and that is why so I want everyone listening like there is some hope these kids coming up like like the phoenix rising from the ashes of covid they're going to take back this country for us and so i felt really really encouraged being at that scholarship meeting that i was at oh, earlier this thing and that's a really yeah. good idea too if we could get more of those going for people that would you know devote themselves to the legal community in advocating for the elderly in the proper way you know oh that my would gosh. be beautiful the kids NASCA if we could do scholarships like that NASCA should do some scholarships I'm going to have to tell Elaine if they could fundraise for this scholarship it is just it is so it was so beautiful to watch these kids who come they 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 don't come from wealthy families and yet college is so expensive and you don't want to just have all this debt that you can't I, I mean they're just they can't they, that's just not feasible. And um, mm-hmm. to see, I mean, some of these kids were getting $100,000 scholarships. That's wow. significant. That is significant. That's huge. It's that's very huge. huge. And, so, and they're probably yeah, so it, grateful. And oh, I'm so happy that they're on a mission for justice because this country is falling yeah. apart. We need these people. We need them desperately. Yeah. And no more yeah. is better than minorities because they know how it feels. I mean, you know, we yeah. don't know how it feels. They know how injustice feels from a totally different lens mm-hmm. um, that we can't yeah. fathom. So I'm sure that they are very passionate about it, and it makes me very happy yeah. <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, like I, mean, I was seriously. It it was a it was a pretty amazing event. I was I was just so honored to be part of it. But just to see like these young kids that are coming out of high school. Wow, there are some impressive young kids that are going to mm-hmm. unleash into our society in like the next six to eight years. So fasten your seatbelts, evils and oddballs. Right. They're coming right. for you. Right, they, they are. You know, they, they sure are. They're coming and they're scared. <laughs> yeah, because their worldview is different. They they aren't about. You know, I've even heard like in the housing market, it used to be these Prada homes would have um, like 
double, like, two-story entries and, like, just these giant homes. Well, the millennials, uh-huh. the, they don't buy those homes because that takes up too much carbon footprint. They're more into, you, you know, have having something – they're not into this keeping up with the Joneses and I'm going to outdo the, their, their worldview isn't even that. And so they're not going to, that kind of person isn't going to want to be an evil guardian for material wealth because at the end no. of the day, there's a lot of material wealth that is the big intrigue for all these crimes that we're talking about. Plus add yeah. to that, the sociopaths who are getting off on it. So yeah, when you have someone sure. who material wealth isn't their driving force right you better you better yeah. be nervous if you're an evil at hole kind of type of person because when you have somebody that can't be bought you have somebody they're, priceless. Can, they're coming they're after priceless. you and they're going to law school and they're going to advocate and they're i mean these kids that i see coming out of high school they are so much more involved in what's going on in their community than I ever was when I was in high school. And it wasn't even a mission back in the day. Do, have you noticed any of that? Like these kids that are yeah. up and coming. I mean, yes, I think of my care. kids. Yeah. My, my kids care too. They go riding their bikes and picking up garbage and um, stuff. They just care. They care. Yeah. And, you know, and in a different, in other angles these kids have is they have the internet transparency. So a yeah. lot of things that are kept in the dark, they're getting wind of and they're hearing about. And um, th- there's a lot of injustices that they're seeing and hearing and knowing, and they're just like little wealth of knowledge. Like I know there's a lot of yeah. criticism about, you know, tablets and YouTube and all this and that, but I'll tell you what, my kids, I've learned a lot from YouTube. My kids have Ooh, learned yeah. a lot from it, you know, and different threads like oh, Reddit yeah. and stuff, and I think those are great. They're great. Oh, Absolutely. There's um, one of the victims in Montgomery County, her daughter actually went to school in police science because she was in middle school and high school when she watched what was done to her grandmother, and it was a guardianship. So these things are changing the worldview of our youth, and they will rise like a phoenix. They yeah, will. and I try to keep my kids educated and treat everybody. You know, it's all in how you raise your kids, too. And, you know, they see what I do, and um, they're proud of it. You know, they're proud of it. They, you know, yeah. they are proud of it. And I can mm-hmm. hold my head up high at the end of the night, or I can go to sleep at night knowing that I'm trying, you know, my best. And it's, my best isn't good enough, unfortunately, because I'm not rich and powerful enough. But... You know, my I, yeah. I can lay my head down at night knowing I'm trying my best and leading by example, and um, and I think that's what we all have to strive to do and educate people and and make people aware in different kinds of formats. And I I've been speaking out to people in groups more about it, and you know, I'm actually getting people involved in my community in this that were never interested before. I had somebody that came with me to see Andrew, and she wants to get involved and do more. And volunteer. Yeah. So there are people with good hearts out there, um, you know, and, you know, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, sometimes the people that have suffered the most injustices or, or discrimination for different things are the people that, you know, will come up and rise. And um, that's, that's what we have to hope for and hold on to. Yeah, we do. And and I hope that, you know, as we tell the story of Andrew, 
and we talk about, wow, they're actually snatching people off the street right now. I hope that people who are listening will also see that there is always a glimmer of hope. There's always chance for change. I mean, our the world as we know it, all you have to do is be a study history. Nothing, nothing stays the same. It's just all ripples mm-hmm. and waves. And, you know, their day is coming, but it, it's hard right now when we're in, when they're winning, but their, yeah. their day will come. Their day will come as time marches on, but it's so hard to wait for that day to come. It's really hard. Oh, I've been is. waiting. For, I've been waiting for over a decade now and if I might have to wait another decade, but it, it, it will come and it will be because of so many people who are listening and who are getting involved and who are sharing their story. I got to do a shout out. Um, I, you know who, Cindy, oh gosh, I'm hoping to get her name right. Cindy Misford and, and her brother Randy, and it's Betty Hayes. They do an amazing job getting the word out. So she even has, she has like over 5,000 followers on TikTok. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's awesome. And this is out of Michigan. She's been on the show before. She's just amazing. And it's her mom that they have in a in a abusive guardianship, and she just does a phenomenal job, just really getting out there, working the media, working all the different social media avenues. And I can only imagine, you know, I think she's a grandma now, or I, and I just can't imagine the amazing influence that she is handing off to the youth that are watching her, because you know everyone's watching, they're watching, and. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if and everybody can make a difference. A yeah. simple call to the court, letting them know you're watching and that there's inappropriate things yeah. going on. That makes a difference. That can be more powerful than, than we even know, you know. Yeah. So just everybody keep the faith and keep trying, you know, keep trying. Yeah. And, you know, the time went by real fast, but we're getting close to the end of the show. And so... I'm going to sign us off. Hopefully I can do as amazing as the wonderful Marty does. These shows yeah, are brought does. to you by Marcel Reed and the original Whistleblower Summit. It is, we, I believe it's going to be a Zoom, a Zoom summit for the third year. You know, that's just COVID is, you know, it has affected in many, many ways. And mm-hmm. I just got to say the summit is really cool. My sister and I did it, watched it on Zoom, so we and we we aren't even in the same state. So we had our phone, and then we pulled up a laptop, and we decided what what panel we were going to watch, and we would hit play at the same time. We were like, "All right, one, two, three, play," and so we hit play <laughs> at the same time. And we 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 just watched all the panels, and as we were watching, we could socialize about it. So you can really still attend the summit with your friends and it would be fun like if somehow we all did a group call and we all attended the whistleblower summit and watched the panels and uh marty has a panel that's going to be on there it's actually one of the most popular panels and yep marcel and marty have been such a great force working together and i know that marty appreciates marcel so much for being a supporter of this show and let's see we have three minutes elena do we have any any last words to get in 
Is there any any Facebook groups, anything where we can keep a, a tab on Andrew and what's going on? You know, no, it's not on Facebook. I know the mom's not on Facebook because that's not a bad idea to make a Facebook page for him. That's actually not yeah. a bad idea. I should try to do that um, myself and just get some information out there and, you know. Yeah. And There's get a people. lot of good pages out there. There is, and I'm I'm drawing a blank um, on. Um, yeah. Trying to blank on some of them. I know that there's a lot of good Facebook groups. I mean, oh, court victims is one. They, you know, um, they have a lot of information and and expo- do a lot of exposure. And there's other ones. There's yeah. been things I found through Ohio that are good, and you know, in like about corruption and stuff in Ohio. There's so many. If people just look and just Google, yeah, you know, court corruption and stuff, and get educated. Yeah, and even NASDA is um, the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse. www.guardianabuse.org. There's, I mean, you could spend the next week just reading the stories, and maybe that would be something they do. You know, if there's a financial burden, they do waive the fee. It's, I think, it's a twenty-five dollar membership dues. Those are those those can be waived if if need be if you know to get the story on. But it's always nice to support that organization too. And we're down to one minute. We're gonna say good night. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I hope that we made Marty proud. Thank you, Elena, yes. so much Thank for being you, my Carla. single guest with me. And I yes. don't think Marty muted us. <laughs> I think we did good. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did good, I guess. <laughs> no yeah. muting. And thank you so much. Thank you so much, Marty, for letting us tell our stories here. Yeah, thank you, Marty. You're amazing. We love you. We sure do love you. <laughs> Everyone, have yeah. a good night. Yeah, have a good night. Good night. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.